And welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It is a joy to see all of you gathered here today and not only know your presence, but also the presence of those who are worshiping with us online. If you would take a moment and register your attendance in the pew pad at the end of your pew. And if you are worshiping with us online, if you would comment, we would appreciate that. Just uh, a few words about ways that you can connect with a First United Methodist Church. This week, on Wednesday, we will have uh, handbells continuing. Monica needs you in the handbell choir, so if you have an inclination to do so, please join them at 4.30 uh, to play handbells. Also, at 5 o'clock, there will be uh, the charge conference to vote on the details of the sale of the parsonage. The link... It's virtual, so the link will be sent out to all members of the Board of Stewards. And if you are not on the Board of Stewards and would like to participate, contact the church office and that link can be shared with you. Also, next Sunday is the Blessing of the Animals. So this is going to take place at 10 o'clock and during the Sunday school hour on the green space. If you've ever wanted to see your pastor move out of her comfort zone and into something new and complete chaos, I encourage you to join us next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Also, on October the 1st, we'll have a Sunday school open house. If you've thought about connecting with a Sunday school time, I encourage you to participate in that event. We will not only be showcasing the adult Sunday schools, but kicking off a new Sunday school for young adults and youth, as well as having a highlighted time for children's Sunday school. You may have noticed the beautiful flowers up front. Uh, this flower arrangement is in honor of the choir and the musicians for their faithfulness and hard work. And the rosebud is placed in celebration of David and Tracy Wooten's daughter. Let us prepare ourselves for worship with a prayer. Heavenly Father, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us in this time of worship. May we focus upon you and be renewed in you so that we may go forth from this place and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Let us remain standing as we affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sits the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated. As we worship our God with our morning offering, let us go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all those who give to make ministry happen here at First United Methodist Church. Whether that be the offering in the plate or giving online, all of it is meaningful and, and helpful for ministry here. But more importantly, I give thanks that these gifts go toward your mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. And I ask that as these gifts are given, that you bless them, multiply them, and guide us in their use for your glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
You may be seated. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and your holy presence in it. And God, we thank you for this opportunity to come and worship and know that we don't come alone or, or just us, but we are surrounded this day in worship by a great cloud of witnesses. We give thanks for all those who poured into our lives to make us the disciples we are today. And we just ask that you empower us and equip us, that you send us to do the same for others. God, we ask also that you be with those who are sick and hurting today, that you be with those who are mourn and, who mourn and struggle. Bless our city, bless this church, bless our nation, and bless our world. Help us to be greater followers of you and forgive us when we fall short of that mark. Strengthen us as we try to live in the name and the will and the way of the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Children, you're dismissed to Children's Church with Miss Catherine. Our hymn of preparation is hymn 413, A Charge to Keep.
You may be seated. Thank you, choir and musicians. Awesome. Today, we continue our sermon series, Get in the Game, looking at illustrations from the world of football and how they may apply to life in the church. And today, as we continue on this journey, I have some good news for you, SEC fans. Six of the 10 top recruiting classes were SEC teams or will soon be SEC teams. This is good news because it points to a future ahead with great matchups and championships and top teams in the Southeastern Conference. And in case you're wondering, the number one recruiting class for 2023 was the University of Alabama. So there is hope ahead, folks. Now, recruiting is important in college football, but it is also important in the life of the church. It is not only important, it is essential. It is the main thing of life in the church because that's what Jesus commissioned his followers to do, go make disciples. In the life of the church, recruiting counts. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 13 through 17. Romans 10, 13 through 17. Hear the good news. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of all those who bring good news. But not all have obeyed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed your message? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from the word of Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your word and its challenge to our lives. And, and this reminder that all who call on the name of the Lord are to be saved. But how will they know if they have not heard? Help us to answer that question and to live into that question and wrestle with it today. And God, as we do so, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The long-term greatness of any football team is not necessarily what happens on the football field any given Saturday, but it is what happened in a living room, a high school football stadium, through an email, through phone conversations four and five years before. For if you look back to any ranked team or national championship team, you will likely find several years before a great recruiting class. To build a legacy program, you have to recruit. It is essential. It is important. It is big business when it comes to the world of college football. 
And that would only make sense because to win a game with greatness and to play at the championship level, you have to have incredible talent. It is not just about what the coach can do or what the athletic facility can do, but you have to have the raw talent to be sure or to make sure that a team can play at that important level, to play at a championship level. So you have to recruit the players which you need. Not only is recruiting essential for future greatness in a championship team, it's also big business for college coaches. One of the blogs that I read in research for this sermon said that coaches now spend a majority of their time in the offseason recruiting. It is very important because coaches realize that if they have a good recruiting class, it buys grace with the boosters and supporters of the team because they know it's a building year. Something good is about to come. It also buys favor with those boosters and, and folks, administration that support the team. Assistant coaches receive bonuses based on their ability to land good recruits. It is essential for coaches to land talented players. And not only is it important within the life of a college program, it's also very important outside the life of a college program. There's a lot of money and people who make their living speculating on recruiting or representing high school players so that they may get their name and, um, and abilities out there to top ranked programs. There's a lot of people who are invested in recruiting. And recruiting is also big business when it comes to the life of the church. In fact, it is essential business. Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Christ. The Great Commission is a call to recruit. We do not exist for self, but we exist to share the love of God found in Jesus. We exist to tell others the good news, to share with others how Jesus can transform a life. For the church, recruitment is essential. And that's essentially the, the basis for what Paul is saying today. Paul gets to the heart of the matter about how people receive Christ. This section starts by Paul reminding us that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's our responsibility. In Paul's time, his fellow Jews received the good news. And some of them made the choice not to accept that good news. It is our responsibility to call on the name of the Lord. But how can we call on the name of the Lord if we have not heard? How can people be sent to tell or tell unless they are sent? How can they be empowered and equipped? Paul asks some serious questions for all of us to consider. And it reminds us of our role to, replay, to play in recruitment. It reminds us of the importance of us sharing the good news. For us today, 
It is our responsibility not only to call upon the name of the Lord, but also to recruit. Consider these words from Paul for yourself. And how are they to believe in one whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him if they are never sent? So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from the word of Christ. How will they know if they have not heard? And how will they hear if someone is not sent? Jesus told his followers to go into the world and make disciples. But he also empowered his followers. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon them so they would be empowered to go and to share with others, to tell the good news. Jesus in the Gospel of John says, I will ask the Father and he will give you the advocate to be with you forever. We are sent so that others might know, so that they might hear. These questions from Paul are meant for you to pause and think about your own role and responsibility. And this leads me to another uh, important correlation between recruitment in football and the life of the church. And that is... Recruitment is a team effort. When it comes to football, Nick Saban and Hugh Freeze do not do all the recruiting by themselves. The assistant coaches do a lot of recruiting. High school coaches and boosters and, and current players have influence on players that are, are yet to come. It's a team effort to land a blue chip pick. And it's also a team effort in the life of the church as we recruit. Because recruitment is not what happens here in this sanctuary on a Sunday morning or a Thursday night. Recruitment is what happens as we are out in the world living for Jesus. It's not just about what I do or the staff here does. It's about what all of us does. You are part of a team whose mission it is to recruit we are all recruiters. And the truth is, you might be the best recruiter we've got. I want you to hear that clearly. You might be the best recruiter we've got. And we need you, and we appreciate you, and you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you are sent to share the good news. That is your work and responsibility. And just imagine... What if everyone recruited like a top assistant coach? What would this church be like? Well, I imagine our sanctuary would be filled like Jordan-Hare or Bryant-Denny on a Saturday. That we would have to bring out the chairs and all of our ministries with Bible studies and children and adults would be filled to overflowing. And the missions and work that we do would be impacting so many people that our ladle of love and our clothes closet and the other missions would be reaching many people because we would have volunteers and resources to go well beyond what we're doing now. That would be a, a wonderful reality for this church. But it's not about this church. Can you imagine what would happen if every Christian took seriously the call to recruit? That's what it's about. It would be a time when this city would be impacted, that the problems that plague Gadsden of, of poverty, 
and the ills that are going on around us, the struggles, the addictions, the brokenness, those would be addressed. The church would make a difference, not only here in Gadsden, but across this state, our nation, and our world. People would be healed and whole. Families would be restored. The struggles that burden us would be behind us because all would be hearing the good news and have the opportunity to be transformed in the name of Christ. But what would happen if no one recruited? What if everyone just didn't even try to recruit? Well, the truth would be that there would be no First United Methodist Church because honestly, we don't inherit our faith. You don't inherit your faith. You might have been raised in a good home, but you don't come, faith doesn't come by genetics. It is us. We call upon the name of the Lord to know grace. And if we're not recruiting in our home, with our family, with those around us, within one generation, the church would be dead. But again, to what I said earlier, this is not about this church. It's a kingdom issue. The church universal would be gone. And that just highlights the importance of recruiting. We all have a responsibility. We all have a job to do. And this is not just about an institution of the church. It's also about for us. Because when we share with others, we're reminded of what God has done for us. And we have hope and transformation in our own lives. Think about you being here today. Why are you here today? Now, you might be like me and you may have grown up in a wonderful home where you were brought to church each Sunday. And you're here because that foundation was laid for you. And that may not be the case. But likely there is someone who spoke in your life that poured into you in some way that recruited you to be here today. That might be a Sunday school teacher, a neighbor, a family friend, a colleague, someone at school. I don't know who that is. And it may be a team. It's probably not just one person. It's a team that brought you here today. Do you feel called to be part of a recruiting team for someone else? I hope so because we have such good news to share. We have the hope of Christ. Curtis Zachary puts it well. We understand that the message of the gospel introduces the lost and hopeless people to the life of hope through Jesus. But disciples continually need to be reminded of a message of hope too. As we remember the despair that we are delivered from because of the person and work of Jesus, we experience heartfelt joy and a sense of motivation to share the hope of rescue for others. It is good news. We have good news to share. And if you hear me say anything today, I want you to hear this. You are part of the recruiting team here at First United Methodist Church. And we need you. Your work is important. And not just for this church, for the kingdom of God. And in sharing, you're part of somebody's team, which can change a life, which can make the world better, 
which continues to pass along the message of Christ. And that is a beautiful gift from God for you to share with the world. Because the reality is recruiting is not just for football. It's for all of us. And Christ is inviting you to recruit. Are you up to the task? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we have good news to share with the world. And we pray that you, can, that you will use us and that you open doors so that we might recruit to share the good news of the love of God in Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray. Amen.
Amen. If you have a prayer need in your life or if you feel called to unite with First United Methodist Church, either by profession of faith, the sacrament of baptism, or transfer of membership, just know I'm available after the worship service to pray with you and meet with you. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.